You're listening to Second Breaks, the show where we talk about feeling better, doing better, and being better in midlife and beyond. I'm Lou Blazer. Hello, hello, my friend. Thank you so much for joining me, not just for another episode of Second Breaks, but for our continuing exploration of the topic unretirement that we are doing the spring of 2022. Okay, so maybe this is more a reflection of my circle or my network, but most of the people I talk to about the topic of retirement or what they might want to do after they leave their corporate jobs, the majority of them mention starting some kind of a business afterward. And the business ideas that I hear about are varied. Some of them talk about doing that thing that they've always wanted to do. Some talk about a some kind of a romanticized idea of a dream that they've always had, like a bed and breakfast or a small bakery or a small coffee shop with a decidedly not Starbucks vibe. Many talk about parlaying their expertise into some kind of a consulting practice or freelance gig. All of these ideas are a great starting point for a post-retirement adventure. Now here's the thing, starting a business of any kind is always going to be a climb. There's usually a significant uh, learning curve involved. And when you've been an employee all your life and never have had any kind of a business experience, that learning curve can be even steeper. Now, I say this not to discourage anyone, but to highlight the importance of doing our homework and walking into this new adventure with eyes wide open even if the thing, or maybe more so, if the thing that we want to do is uh, the stuff of our dreams. Converting those dreams into reality requires research and planning so that the dream doesn't turn into a nightmare. And this is really where the process of putting together a business plan really earns its stripes. Now, okay, preparing a business plan, not so exciting, Lou. I would much rather be jumping in there and doing the thing right away. But really, you want to take the time. Take it from me, who made the mistake of jumping all in, all gung-ho, without doing much business planning at the outset. I paid for it in a major way. Trust me on that one. Now, I invited Diane Tarshis to join me here on the pod for a deeper look into this business of business planning and why we really should bother with it. Diane is the founder and the principal of Startup Distillery. It's a global consulting firm that, for more than 20 years, has been helping entrepreneurs launch successful businesses and secure funding. She works with clients who want to reduce their overall risk and compress their startup timeline so they don't waste time when it comes to replacing their income. So it sounds just perfect for people thinking about retirement. She's really the best person to talk to about business planning. In this episode, Diane answers really important questions like, Do I really need to prepare a business plan for this small business idea that I want to do with my husband? Research? What research? Where do I go? Who do I talk to? And 
What if I don't really know the answers? Are my best guesses good enough? Now, this was really a lively conversation about a potentially dry topic, but chatting about it with Diane made it the farthest thing from dry. Okie dokie, enough intro. Let me step out of the way. Here you go. You know, you are the perfect person to talk to because I'm running this unretirement series on the podcast this month of May or springtime, I should say, 2022. And a lot of people who are thinking about, okay, what am I going to do after retirement? A lot of them are thinking about, maybe I'll start a business, right? Maybe I will parlay my experience expertise into some kind of a consulting business or whatever, or I've always wanted to open a bed and breakfast or whatever it is, right? Right. So lots of people are thinking starting a business is uh, going to be a plan A, plan B after their retirement. And I know you've been helping lots of people, lots of businesses get off the ground. So that's why I said you're the perfect person to talk to for this series. Wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now, one thing I just want to jump into right away because I know that you recommend that people prepare business plans. And I want to dive into this right away because I think I am not alone in thinking this way that business plans are only for big businesses. I'm just my own self, just starting a, you know, small thing here. Do I need a business plan or is this really just for big businesses with, you know, massive investors and that kind of stuff? That is a very legitimate, very good question. And I will tell you, so there are business, at least in my mind, there are business plans uh, or formal business plans. And then there are what I call roadmaps, which are less formal plans. So if you need to get funding um, from a bank, from investors, from friends and family, you're going to want to do a formal business plan. But if you are self-funding and this is just for you, it doesn't have to be so formal, but you still have to go through the same process. So the process is is the same regardless, um, but with the roadmap, you're not coming out at the end with like a 30-page document. But you still need to go through the same process because you still need to figure out um, where you want to go and how you're going to get there. Uh, are you are you going to build a house without a, a blueprint and just wing it and hope that everything works out okay? Or are you going to get on that airplane where the pilot doesn't have a flight plan um, and you're, you're hoping you're going to get to your destination? I don't think so. You know, and it's the same with a business where, listen, you're going to be investing a lot of time, a lot of energy and some money, varying degrees, and you want to make sure you do it right and that you're set up for success and that you're prepared. And if you're winging it, that is really not a good formula for success. That's true. Now, I just wanted to go back to something you uh, said there right at the top. I had never had to do this myself, so I have no uh, personal experience. But if someone is having to get a, a small business loan or something like that to fund their business, preparing a business plan 
is a is a must is a man is required i guess it is uh, definitely for a bank definitely for investors now listen don't get me wrong there are investors who will perhaps accept a business plan that is like a 10 slide slide deck or something but here's the rub is they will I guarantee they will not invest unless you've been through the mental exercises of going through that business planning process. So they may not need the the full document. They may, you know, just a one page summary is fine or, you know, a, a slide deck is fine. But in order to get to one of those summary formats, you ha- you can't summarize what doesn't exist. You, ha- <laughs> you, you have to go through the process. Yes, and so yeah. you've really got to figure out what's the problem that I've identified in the market or what's the opportunity and what is my solution and why will people pay for my solution and are there enough people who will pay for my solution, you know, or whatever you're selling, whether it's a product or a service or both, um, what are the features of it? What are the benefits of it? Who are your target customers? You know, all, all of those details you really need to work through ahead of time. So then that leads me to my next question, which is, what if I'm going through the process and I totally agree that whether you're putting together a formal business plan or a more informal one, because it's just you and your hobby, maybe uh, setting up something, it's going through the process that allows you to really flesh out the thinking. But then what happens when you run into, you know, you, know, you enumerated some of the questions, some of the the things that you need to be thinking about. What happens when you run into something and you don't know the answer to the question? And is should we be going with the best guess scenario or should we just just full on research before we move on? Like what is the thing that we need to do? <laughs> you know, the name of the game here is making informed educated decisions, right? So so you don't want to go blindly, you know, guess blindly, but you also don't want to end up down the Google rabbit hole either. A lot, <laughs> yes. right? A lot of people um, end up doing that and do a lot of research that really isn't necessary. Even a lot of clients will come to me and they have all of this research and uh, 99% of it, I'm saying, I, I don't really need that um, mm. because you know, based on the facts and figures, you know, you told me about your neighborhood that, yes, it sounds like they really do need a diner or, yes, you've, you you know, you've talked to a lot of people um, uh, of your target customers and, you know, you're getting this feedback and it's okay to have more than one restaurant in your neighborhood, right? You know, so, or when I think of the number of nail salons that are in a a three block radius of where I live um, and they all seem to be doing well because they've been there for years. So, you know, there's, there's room for everyone as long as everyone's different, right? You don't want the same exact thing replicated. Um, If you run into some kind of a roadblock where you don't know the answer, that's where I start, at least in my practice, I work with people to figure out where can they get, I want to say, an informed answer. You have to be careful because it's easy to also fall into the 
um, sort of friends and family trap of, you know, you're talking to this person and they say one thing and that person and they say something else. So you want to actually talk to the people who are related to the business that you're trying to start. So uh, let's say, for example, um, you know, you're opening a bakery and you want to know um, how much it costs, you know, or how hard it is to find flour or sugar or even get some ideas as to suppliers that you could go to. And you have no idea where to start. You know, it is okay to talk to your competitors it, you know, it is, uh, in fact, my big theme, and I think you and I have talked about this before, is talk to people. I, I can't emphasize that enough. So you've got a question, call up some suppliers and ask if they if they um, sell to bakeries as small as yours or if they can handle a bakery as large as you. It depends on what you're dreaming about. Talk to your competitors, who I'm telling you, most of humanity is really wonderful and generous. And competitors are surprisingly open and kind and helpful, um, which sounds counterintuitive. Right, right? you'd think, right? Like, right? So for example, like if, I, if I'm opening a, another restaurant, should I really be talking to the other restaurant around down the block? And you right. think that they would not want to be helpful. Right. But you're saying that a lot of people are actually open to sharing experiences. They, they really are. And you know what? What What is the worst thing that could happen? The worst thing is they could say, no, I'm not right. talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, that honestly, that rarely happens. Um, and I, I, there is such incredible um, wisdom out there. Uh, that you can gather from talking to people. And so you want to get informed, valuable, real information. You don't want to just uh, fly blind. Well, a couple of things. One is that um, something that you said earlier, you know, sometimes it's easier for us to ask friends and family about, what do you think about my idea of starting this? Yeah. And of course, family and friends in an effort to be supportive. Or if you go, if I open this, would you buy from me? Of course, they will say, yes, of course, we'll buy yes, from you. Yes. But we really should go outside the friends and family circle. <laughs> well, and you know what? You reminded me of something else, which is you also want to be careful um, I'm not a big believer in the freemium business model of giving something away for, for free, because then when it, it comes time to actually charge them for it, they may not be real customers willing to pay. And you can't you can't know that ahead of time. So you want to be careful because it's the same kind of thing as with friends and family. You know, yes. oh, it's terrific. It's great. And if it's free, they're like, you know, it's great. Love it. Uh, But then if they're asked to pay for it, like, well, maybe I'll get back to you next week. Right. Right. (laughs) It's a very good point. Right. Um, The other question I had along these lines is that, and I don't know if this is a good enough research, but like, say I want to, let's say I, um, I've always wanted to be a photographer and now I can finally do it. And my friend, he's a photographer and he's doing well. And so there are people I know who's doing well as a photographer. So I should be able to make this. Right. And this is exactly where the business plan comes in. Uh, 
And if you really want to go all in, you can also hire a consultant, whether it's me or somebody else, um, to walk you through this. But you really need to define who your target customers are. And when you do define them, then you want to talk to them. So again, we're back to the talk talk to people theme here. So if you've identified, you know, and I'm going to use an easier example, at least for me off the top of my head, which is like, whole, you know, going to Whole Foods, doing something grocery related. Right, and right. so let's say uh, you want to find out what people think about um brown sugar. You have a new, amazing, it's not really sugar, tastes exactly like sugar kind of thing. I don't know. <laughs> and you want to know what people think. You go stand outside of Whole Foods and talk to customers who are coming out or about to go in. Usually on the way out is better, but or on the way in. So with the photography example, um, if you're thinking about targeting Say, put, family... Uh, t- yeah, family picture thing. Yeah, fa- families. Yeah. Then talk to if it's like um, retiree re- uh, retiree age and they want a multi generational uh, family photograph. You know, then talk to some of those people. And there's something called a customer persona where you get give a very detailed description of who. The, the person, it's not like people, but the person is that you're talking to or aiming for in terms of your target customer. And you you come up with all of the details of, um, you know, what do they do? What was their profession? Where, how do they spend their free time? Where do they go on weekends? What do they read? What do they watch on television? I mean, you're really diving deep into who they are. And then the idea is to go find them where they hang out. And that's where you can talk to them. You know, if it's young families, it's, you know, going to some of the, you know, mommy and me groups with or or the gym, you know, the Jimberees or, you know, what have you and interviewing them. You know, you come up with a structured interview, you know, list of interview questions Mm -hmm. and you you ask them questions. How often do you get family photos taken? Mm -hmm. What do you look for in a photographer? Um, What do you? I don't know that I would phrase it this way, but, you know, what are you willing to pay is Mm -hmm. what you want to find out. And it's really you've got to do that kind of on the ground research, not the Google type of research. So is the when you're say if we stick with the example of photographers, right? So you could be a photographer for uh, toddlers, you know, kids or family photos or wedding photographers or event photography or, you know, corporate photography, all these kinds of things, right? Yeah. Is so when we are interviewing people in doing our research, are we interviewing people to help us figure out our niche or are we interviewing people to help us figure out whether we can make money or are we interviewing people to figure out how we sell our services? Like what should be our mindset when we're interviewing people? I think there's going to be a little bit of everything. So uh, I think initially I'm going to guess here that generally you have an idea of what you're personally gravitating to. So, you know, I as a photographer want to focus on corporate events, (laughs) Yeah, Mm -hmm. You know, then you're going to be talking to, you know, the event planners at 
I don't know, you know, Exxon yeah. or, or whatever big corporations. Big right. But if you are um, aiming for young families, then, you know, go to the local park um, and, you know, you can talk to parents there or, you know, the soccer, the weekend soccer leagues for little kids. And you can go talk to parents when they're on the sidelines there or go to schools or whatever. I think you'll go into it with an idea of what you want to focus on, but it's really important to listen and um, I don't want to say analyze, but certainly internalize and think about the answers and the information you're getting back. Because if you're going to pursue a niche that isn't really going to work, where there just aren't enough people interested or the price point isn't going to work with what you need to be earning, you know, that is valuable information in order to make a little course correction and say, okay, maybe corporate events is going to be too big a mountain to climb. And maybe I ought to focus on, Mm. you know, family photos or, you know, whatever the answer might be. Um, So it's a little, that's why I was saying it's a little bit of everything. We're going to get back to that interview shortly. I just wanted to briefly mention that this podcast is made possible by Midlife Cues. Now, Midlife Cues is a weekly digital publication for midlifers who are keen on making the most of their midlife. Every Sunday, we explore topics that help us live a joyful midlife. We talk about health and well-being. We talk about midlife mindset, one of the most important foundational things that we really need to master. We examine what growing bolder in our middle years mean for each of us individually. And we explore how we redefine success at work and in life. Give Midlife Cues a try by signing up for your free copy at midlifecues.com. Okie dokie, let's get back to the conversation. When I was starting my own thing a few years ago, uh, and I was Googling away, um, there were a lot of online business coaches or online entrepreneurs who were talking about the one-page business plans. Oh, um, God. Like, yeah. as in, like, literally just two lines for each and the, yes. answer these 10 questions and that's it. What do yeah. you, how do you feel about these things? What do you think about so these So that's often uh, either a one-page business plan or a business model canvas. There are, there are lots of different names for it. And I actually use a business model canvas that I uh customized for my clientele. I use that in my practice when we're doing an informal business plan, one of the roadmaps that I mentioned. You know, they are very useful tools. But if you think that doing the work of a business plan and or doing the work of business planning, it can be done by answering in two sentences for each of the 10 categories, you've got another thing coming, right? Um, that is That is lazy thinking. And that is a lazy strategy. There is no two ways about the fact that you actually have to do your homework and do your legwork if you want this to work. If it's just you're doing it on a lark and you don't care if it's successful, you know, God love you, go for it. And that's fine. But but if you really want to make a go of it and you want to be serious about this, then you have to be serious about right. it, right? right? And and I think we're all old enough to know that, you know, nothing comes easily, uh, you know, if, and certainly with starting a business, and nothing worthwhile comes that easily where you can just kind of, 
you know, half-ass it. So well, I will willingly raise my hand and <laughs> say that I was one of those people who did not do my homework when I first started out. And I paid for it through time, money, and effort because basically I went down a path that I thought would work. So in a way, I completed my, I completed and I'm putting it in air quotes, my business plan as I was attempting to launch something. And that's when I realized it's not even something I really, like I'm, this is not something I want to do after all. Like once I realize what's needed, this is not what I want. Had I prepared a business plan, had I taken the time to answer those questions, I'd have gotten there without the pain and suffering. <laughs> yes, and pain and suffering is a good way to good way to put it. I know it it's really breaks my heart when I hear stories like that. Be, you know, it's painful because you realize, ah, oh, it's it's just wasn't necessary. Yes. Um, there is this great quote from a movie that came out a couple of years ago called Big Little Farm. Uh, I don't I don't know. If I didn't saw see it. the movie, but I no. know that movie. Yes, yes it's 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 actually wonderful. And there's a quote in there that I has stuck with me ever since. And that is there's never enough time to do it right, but there's always enough time to do it over. So it's like you start out and you think, yes. I don't have time to do this. Yes. You know? Yes. And so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna get started and I'm gonna plow ahead. Right. And and then, you know, disaster ensues and then you have to do it over. And thankfully now I'm talking to somebody of of my generation, and I can say, you know, there was an old commercial for Fram oil filters. You can pay me now, or you can pay me later. <laughs> and, you know, it, it's like that. So exactly. Why, you know, so why, why go through that? And, and instead, you know, when you can actually get it right from the start. So right. Um, I, and it doesn't, I want to say something else, it doesn't have to cost a lot. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, speaking to my own practice, you know, people can pay thousands of dollars to work with me one on one, whether it's mm -hmm. a formal business plan or just one on one consulting. Mm -hmm. But I also offer something that is under $400. It is an all in one, do it yourself business plan kit, step by step. Mm -hmm linear, streamlined, mm. all written in plain English, you know, step by step. So, you know, there are tools out there. It, do, it doesn't have to be mine. It can be, mm -hmm. you know, something else. I, I like mine best. I, mm -hmm. I'll tell you before I of wrote course. it, yes, I, yes. I ordered a ton of things on Amazon and I was like, I, I can't even follow what the heck they're doing. <laughs> but, um, you know, but whatever, whatever floats your boat is fine. But just take the time and do it right the first you gotta, time. Yeah, you gotta you gotta put the effort in, do a little elbow grease before. And I yeah. know it's exciting to start it, but just spend a little bit of time. I like again, I'm speaking from experience of someone who could not be bothered and I paid for it. <laughs> time, money, effort. I, I, I pay for it all. Exactly. Now I'm smarter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just Two more questions, Diane. Uh, one other criticism or one other critic of business plan is that it's just one of those documents you'll pull together and then it'll just gather dust on the shelf and it'll yeah. never be looked at. And so what yeah. is your, how do you suggest people 
use their business plan continuously so that it doesn't become just that. Yeah, I I think um, honestly, I think the process of writing the business plan is more important than the document itself. So I I will say that. But that being said, um, if you're if you've done a good job on it, meaning that, uh, you know, you put in the effort and it really reflects your goals and your values and the the details, sort of, you know, the big picture and the nuts and bolts of what you, uh, you know, what you want to do with your business and what you plan to do, how you plan to execute. I always recommend that uh, my clients carve out time annually to read through their business plan, whether it's a roadmap or a formal full, full-blown full business plan, and see, do sort of a gut check. Check in with themselves to see, you know, whether they're where they want to be. I mean, I guess I want to take a step back first and say, uh, you know, whether it's a business plan or a roadmap, it's not meant to be restrictive. It's meant to be this foundation, this starting point, this flexible framework for you to build upon as you build your business. So as time goes on, you know, things change. That's only natural. So a year from now, if you're starting today, um, you want to look back and see where you are relative to where you thought you would be. And maybe everything is going like gangbusters and you're doing better than you had ever hoped. But maybe you're realizing that you're spending 80% of your resources on only 20% of your revenues. That's out of balance. So you want to give then some thought uh, to how you want to change that. Or maybe inertia has taken over and your business has sort of gone in this direction that where you're not, you're not really happy. You're right. not fulfilled. You're right. not enjoying this. This has become like a ball and chain. And so you really want to step back and think, wait a minute, how do I get control of this thing and do what makes me happy and fulfilled? Gotcha. So, so that's where I think the value is as yeah. opposed to this sort of uh, restrictive document. It's where, not, yeah, it's not cast know. in stone. But yeah. I also appreciate what you said, which is so true, which is um, the, the fact that you went through it because it's the process of answering those questions. Whether or not you look at that document again, is you went through it. So you, you know how you answer the questions. Yes, and you've you, you already... You the research, yeah. You've already thought about a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. So if there is yeah. some sort of opportunity that comes your way, yeah. you're not really flat-footed thinking, wait a minute, should I do it? Should I not do it? Because right. you've been thinking about a lot of these issues exactly. uh, as you've been starting up your business. So, right. you know. Gotcha. Yes, yes, yes. I love that. So, Diane, talk a little bit about how you work with people. So you talked about, um, let's just start with the simplest one, or in my mind, simplest one, which is like (laughs) the the template business cases or business plans that they can DIY themselves. In addition to that, you do also consulting. Can you talk a little bit about Sure. So basically what I, all all of my offerings fall into two buckets, which is the business plans and one-on-one startup consulting. And in the business plan bucket, uh, there are two two options. One is a custom business plan, which is the full-blown 
whole shebang, uh, which is not only writing the business plan, but all of that consulting and advising and and teaching, teaching how to think like a business owner. That's all part of the process. So it's like a little startup boot camp. And then they're a significant financial investment because they take a lot of time and they're very labor intensive. And so those start at $8,500, just to give you an idea. Whereas the other business plan offering is this DIY kit. It's called Distilling Your Dream, the step-by-step kit to business plans. And I, it is uh, worksheets. It is templates, both financial, so some spreadsheet templates with some formulas built in, and, you know, Word document also for the narrative part of it, and uh, an ebook that explains it all step-by-step, plain English, explains a lot of that crazy vocabulary related to financials. A lot of people find the financials very intimidating, and I don't blame them. If you haven't dealt in that world, you know, it it can be really scary. And so I really worked hard. This is all the exact same advice I actually give my one-on-one clients. It's all in this DIY kit. And I explain it all so that, you know, Anyone can understand it and give examples and real life examples to, you know, so it's very user friendly. And then in the one on one consulting bucket, that's when you have uh, narrower needs. So um, I just need the roadmap or I just need help with putting together my financial projections Or I don't know what to charge for my business. Should I charge hourly? Should I charge a flat fee? You know, different pricing models and value-based versus hourly. Um, You know, are there um, potential revenue streams that I haven't thought of? Um, How do I grow my business? I want to add revenue streams. And then also if somebody's going for outside funding and they need to pitch, then I also do pitch decks. So I will say that with every custom business plan that I do, it is um, keeping in mind that the audience is a professional investor, so or, or plural investors. So the idea is that we're developing an operating blueprint for you and also the framework and thinking um, and sort of I want to say concept development and fleshing out to appeal to investors. You know, business plans are words. One section is words. The other is numbers. And the words drive the numbers. So you've got to get the concept down. And then the financials are there to support your story. And so everything I do is in the name of having a strong operating blueprint for you and uh-huh. then also appealing to investors if you're going for funding. Um, Got it. And then the, the, the pitch um, comes from that. So, right. and we can come up with a, a 10 slide deck where, and a script um, so that you, you know what to say yes. and how to say it in a way that's very compelling and very irresistible yes. and in a way that shows that you've really thought this through. Because nobody's going to invest in anything if, you know, you've done the business model canvas or the one page business plan and it's clear that you haven't thought things through. I guarantee it will show. I mean, they will know in two seconds and and you wouldn't even get a meeting, honestly, but um, because it's that obvious. But. Yes. So I will put a link to your website and everything 
on a show notes, uh, Diane, and I'm sure, you know, the, the, the details, I imagine it's through the website that they could also get the, the DIY templates if they want to start there, right? And yes. So the DIY okay. kit is there. My contact information is there. I did want to make an offer to your listeners, mm-hmm. which I didn't want to forget. My my calendar is on there also, my online calendar. Mm-hmm. And so if anyone would like a free one-hour consult with me, mm-hmm. then all they need to do is use the coupon code uh, MIDLIFE mm-hmm. or use the name of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, breaks. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Just put that in the notes when they book a one-hour meeting with me. So oh, um, that's, that's all they need to do. And then we can talk and, uh, you know... I can answer any questions they have. Yes, that is awesome. So I won't let you go without me asking this question. So I know that you are, uh, obviously, you recommend clients, your customers to prepare a business plan. It's very important. We talked about it all this time. And I am sold also, (laughs) also from personal painful experiences. Yes, you should do this. But outside of that, outside of please take the time to create, to prepare a business plan, what is one other thing that you would suggest you would tell someone who walks up to you at a dinner party and go, Diane, I am retiring next year and thinking of starting a business. What would be one other thing that you might tell them? Boy, uh, I would say know who your customer is, mm-hmm. know exactly who your customer is, mm-hmm. and certainly um, talk to people. Talk to people. A- yes. And that's, you know, whether it's suppliers or target customers or potential partners uh, or, you know, you name it. You, you just need to, competitors, you need to talk to people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not just dream away. Talk to no. people. <laughs> and don't end up down that Google rabbit hole. Yes. <laughs> You're going to spend time anyway Googling, spend time talking to people. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And this is fantastic conversation. This is, like you you said, a perfect, perfect addition to this unretirement series that I'm doing. This is going to be very helpful. I so appreciate you coming over and sharing your expertise. Listen, thanks for having me. It's always fun talking to you. So thank you, Lou. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Diane Tarshis. For all the links and highlights of this episode, be sure to head on over to secondbreaks.com. Also, in the show notes, I've included links to other articles that Diane has written related to the topics that we talked about today. So check it out again, secondbreaks.com. As a reminder, we are on a weekly schedule this entire month of May while we continue to cover the topic of unretirement. So be sure to check in your feed next week for a new episode in the series. Until then, keep on making your dent, my friend. Cool beans. <laughs>